Hello, and welcome to the Mental Perk Podcast, where we focus on real people, real issues, and real talk. I'm Carla Hutcherson, a licensed professional counselor. And I'm Brandy Mock, entrepreneur, author, and community leader. We are here to talk about all things mental health, whether it's daily stress, academic and work pressures, managing a diagnosis, or suicidal and self-harm behaviors. We want this to be a space of non-judgment, honest talk, and destigmatizing mental health issues. Most of all, we want to provide you the support and encouragement you need to win your everyday battles. Hey, we are so excited to welcome our next guest. Her name is Jasmine Frey. She is a professional runner for Under Armour, and she ran collegiately for Texas A&M University and College Station. While she was at Texas A&M, she broke the collegiate record in the 800 meter in 2017, and she was the national champion in 2019 for both the 800 and the 4x400. Welcome to our show, Jasmine. Hi, how are you? How are you guys doing today? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we are doing great. It is so hot here in Texas, and we hope you're not melting as much where you are. So, yeah, yeah, it's about 80 degrees here. I know it's like 105, though, in Texas right now. (laughs) I know. We are really jealous right now. We are green with envy over here. So well, I know. I'm going to feel that Texas heat soon, though, because I'm going to Austin on Thursday. Oh, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be hot. <laughs> yes, but I know that you were used to running in that kind of humidity back when you were in College Station. Yes, yes. I'm very used to it. Um, and honestly... After it hits like 95, it honestly all feels the same. Like it's a, it, even if it becomes 105, I'm like, it all feels the same. It's just hot. <laughs> it is just really hot. Very true. Well, you know, <laughs> Jasmine, we are bringing you on number one because you are just an amazing athlete and just a role model for young women all across the country and the world. Um, but we also know um, the battles of mental health and being a professional athlete. And we just wanted to talk to you a little bit about your journey today. Yeah, no problem. So tell us a little bit about your running career. Tell us about how you kind of got started and what what made you go in that direction? So I actually started my running career pretty randomly um, because I did a lot of sports when I was a kid. I did basketball, soccer, lacrosse, swimming, um, and then I also had a really big interest in dance as well. So I did ballet, tap, and jazz. And I concentrated more on ballet. And so I, I did that for a pretty long time, about 10 to 12 years. And I was actually looking to wanting to be on Broadway because I was born and raised in New York. So we went to New York City a lot of times, watched a lot of Broadway shows. As I was continuing with, you know, just running and starting my career in running, I had realized when I had gotten old enough that my mom actually ran. And she was kind of just telling me about stories of her teammates and how much fun that she had running. She went to college for track and field um, and and ran track and field in college. And I thought to myself, you know what? I actually think I want to do this and I actually think I want to pursue it. But let me just kind of test it out. And so in about sixth grade is actually when I started kind of testing it out. And I said, you know what? I actually really like this. I think that this is worth it. Like, I really want to go full in. And so after that, I joined the club team when I was in seventh grade. And in that club team is when I really, really kind of just became a lot better at running. 
her name was Coach Shandell, and she coached me the best. She was actually pretty much the starting point of me realizing, like, okay, these are the type of coaches that I want in my life, just someone that really cares about me and someone that also just knows when to push you. I think that that's really important. You know, some coaches, they just don't have that gift. Like, I feel like with Coach Shandell, she really knew, okay, I need to push her right now. Or, okay, I don't think that she should even practice today. Like, she should just go be a kid and be with her friends. And so I definitely feel like early on that helped me. But I do acknowledge that during that time, I do think it's when I actually developed, you know, my anxiety and I started realizing my anxiety through sport. And then, yeah, and then I just, I ran track all throughout high school. And then I ran with, his name was Coach Brown. Um, I went to Kellenberg Memorial High School. Um, and it was a great time. He was a fantastic coach. We had a great team. Our culture of our high school team was really, really good. And they, my teammates and my coach also pushed me very well. And then I got a call from A&M. Um, they had seen a race, I think, that I, I ran the 1500 meters and they had seen a race that I had run. Um, and he said, you know, I want you to come out. I want you to, you know, get a feel for the team, see if you like it. I went to A&M and I absolutely loved it. And probably about a week later, I signed with A&M. What made you and pick A&M? What did you love about A&M? I just loved it. Like, and I still do. Like, I'm like, obs- like, if you ask anybody, like, I'm obsessed with my school. Everybody <laughs> says to me all the time, everybody's like, Jasmine, you have the most school, pri- school pride I have ever met in anybody. And I don't know. I just, I, first off, I had never even been to Texas before. I'm from New York. So yeah. a lot of my friends think it's crazy that I'm going all the way to Texas because we don't, we didn't know anything about Texas. We think it's just very, you know, hick and like, <laughs> I just think that it's just like, I, I do. I just think that it's just ranches and just like cows. And I, I don't, and to be honest, I just didn't know what I was getting myself into because I was like, Texas, I don't even know what that even looks like. Like, what would my life be like in Texas? And well, so when I landed, I was just like, oh, wow, this is not what I thought it was going to be at all. Well, and to um, be to be fair, Jasmine, College Station yes. is still very it thick, is. you know. <laughs> did you, did you end up getting well, any cowboy boots? Did you get any cowboy yes. boots? <laughs> yes. Good yes. for you. And so I actually fell in love. I think that's the part of the South that I actually feel like I love the most. Like I love the open land. Yes, and yeah. the landscape yeah. and just like the ranches and the quiet and the peace and the nature. I, I love everything about it, honestly. I think that's how I fell in love with it. And oh, I will awesome. say A&M is definitely a, oh, a place that is, um, the people are real. They truly care. It's a family, honestly. It's yeah, a family. it is. I want to go back to real quick, though. You're talking about your coaches early on that kind of set that standard for you for being an athlete, but also being you. When you were going through these different coaches that you've had, let's say in middle school and high school and then Mm A&M, were they really effective on not just checking on your skills, but also your emotional set when you were doing all of this through your journey? Is that something that they were really, you know, making sure that you were staying in check with? You know, I actually think that I was fortunate enough that, yes, I do believe they did it and they, they kind of all did it in different ways. Mm. Um, I feel like, you know, my coach Shandell early on, I feel like she was very caring and kind of 
wanted to know how I was doing and how I was doing with running because she knew I was so young. Mm. And I was one of the few kids that was on her team because she actually had just started her club team when I had joined. And so I was one of the first people that joined. And I think that's why she checked in a lot. And I think she could also tell that I had anxiety, Mm. but she didn't know how to it to me necessarily because because she we never talked about it it's not a conversation that I had with her and I was like you know I have these nervousness anxieties like she they every everybody kind of just said the same thing to me you know what you're just nervous like it's fine when I had to realize when I was older that it was actually a lot more than that Jasmine, um, did I, you did you have anxiety throughout every part of your life or, or was it more a yeah. performance anxiety for sure I haven't I, I it's definitely a lot more of performance anxiety Mm -hmm. I think but it's any type of performance I mean I'm even talking about work like I have I I definitely and that anxiety comes with a struggle of perfection Mm -hmm. I definitely definitely try to achieve perfection in any possible way that I can and so that is what gives me so much anxiety Um, and that's kind of like the root of my problem that I it bothers me if I can't be perfect or I can't execute my race in the perfect way that I want to, if I don't run a certain time that I want to, if I can't be the leader that I want to, if people, you know, don't see me in a specific light, um, if I don't do my work properly, if I don't get a certain grade on a test, just anything, anything that has to do with performance, giving speeches, you know, anything that has to do with performance, it's important for me to have perfection. So that's where a lot of my anxiety came from. And I was doing a little Uh, reading on, um, you know, athletes, both collegiate and professional and, there is a lot of perfectionism that goes along yeah. with being yeah. in that particular field of work, right? And uh, some of the, the statistics I saw for anxiety, 30% of women athletes, 25% of men athletes will, will struggle with an anxiety disorder, but only 10% will actually seek help because of their perfectionism right. and they don't want to appear weak. Yes, yes. No, and I definitely think that's true. I think, honestly, in the case for me, I didn't... I was not aware that I was even trying to achieve perfection at the time. I honestly figured it out because I had so much anxiety going into races that my coaches knew that something was wrong. And so they suggested to me, hey, we want you to see a sports psychologist. Uh His name is Ryan Pitzinger, and he will help you. And, oh, my gosh, he's he's the best. I I literally tell everyone to go see him. But he was my sports psychologist at Texas A&M for athletes at Texas A&M. And... He is the one who introduced to me, hey, like you have anxiety and I think that it's triggered by this or he would kind of guide me to my own answers and really make me think to myself, okay, like what is the root of this problem? Like what am I trying to get at? Like what is the point? Why am I so, so uptight about this? Like what am I scared of? And it's not achieving perfection. And that, and then give, showing me Ryan Kitzinger and you know, having me open up to him, it's probably the best thing that my college coaches did for me. And I think that's amazing that you had the access to mm-hmm. a sports psychologist. And yeah. how? And the thing is, I got to be your fan while you were actually at A&M because I was watching all your races in person because I had <laughs> another you. special young lady who was there also running and her name was Ashton. So yes, 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 Ashton. 
Yeah. So Ashton, um, you know, she was running long distance, so y'all weren't really in the same, you know, circle, but she just always had um, just a strong admiration for you and the work that you did as a mentor with the other young ladies on the team and that they would look up to you just by the way you handled yourself in races. And so it was super fun to get to watch you do all of those races. And most of all, um, my husband and I were there when you broke that collegiate record, which was so fun. Oh, were you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we were. So that was just a yeah, I fun race to I see. Yeah, it, it's actually funny because even looking back at those times when I broke that record, I actually didn't know or didn't, I never felt to myself like, oh, I'm really good. Like, I'm going to go pro after this. I honestly, I was just running for the sake of running and I was just having a good time. I ran. I ran that race and I didn't even know I broke the collegiate record. I just heard that I broke a record and I just thought that it was like the school record. And then my coach has to explain to me it was the collegiate record. And I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, what does that mean? A collegiate record. And he was like college. Like he was like, Jasmine, you're the fastest person in college to have ever run the 800 right now. Oh no, we were celebrating for you in the stands. We were definitely (laughs) celebrating for you. I was wondering too, because everyone was cheering so much. And I was like, why is, why is this such a big deal? It it was actually really confusing to me. And it's funny now that I look back on it because sometimes I look back and I was like so naive when it came to running. I was just honestly running just to run. And I I (laughs) I love that though too, because I think that keeps you humble. I think it keeps you, it keeps you from, and probably maybe at that time it was it was good just because think about if you would have known that you had this record to break how much more right. anxiety that might have put on you uh, right. so i think it's very cool that you you kind of didn't know so you would just yeah. do your best and not feel like you yeah. had to yeah 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 that definitely helped a lot yeah and my my teammates were honestly so supportive throughout the whole thing i think i have been actually very very blessed that throughout my all of my time in running from when I was in sixth grade, when I went through through college and when I went through high school and even now being on my professional team, I have had such great teammates. And I think with my anxiety, that has also helped because I always tell people having a support system is honestly the most important thing. Having people that people that relate to you and you can speak to and say, Hey, like this is really bothering me or just shoot ideas and bounce ideas off of. Um, and say to them, hey, this is bothering me, or how do I communicate this to our coach? Because he's a guy, and he's probably not going to understand what I'm saying, mm. um, you know, if I'm having, like, girl issues. Um, and so it, it, it has been fantastic to have them as teammates. And I love um, I love hearing you say that because, you know, um, I'm hearing you say the importance of having that support and as teammates, you have to support as well as your yeah. coaches. You know, when Ashton yeah. was running uh, as a, you know, competitive runner for A&M, um, she was also struggling with anxiety, but she kept it to herself because she right. didn't want to share it with other people. And so she kind of fought the battle within herself and that can be so destructive, right? So, you know, I think it's really important that, when you're doing these things, when you're being on the big stage, you have to have a strong support system. No, I completely agree. And, you know, I do understand why she kept it to herself because sometimes in the moment you just think it's easier. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times with anxiety, people look at it and they say, oh, well, like you should be nervous. Like it's a good thing that you're nervous. And, you know, this, this is just what happens when you're running and you just want to do well. And they kind of like downplay what you're saying. So you actually end up tricking yourself into thinking, oh, like 
this is normal. Everybody feels this way. I shouldn't share it because like she's feeling this way. They're feeling that way. It's all the same. When really you have to kind of break down, okay, is this normal? Because I don't feel like I should be trembling before I step on the line and run a race. I don't feel like I should be going into the bathroom wanting to throw up before I run a race or actually throwing up before I run a race. I don't feel like all these negative, really bad thoughts should be going through my mind before I run this race. I don't feel like that's normal. I feel like something's wrong, you know? And so I totally understand why she would keep it to herself because, you know, we are taught that to kind of just keep things to ourselves, keep it moving. Nobody wants to hear about your problems when in reality, there's so many people that want to support you. And that want Yeah. And that's so important. For sure. Well, you know, you wrote an article at, for The Hidden Opponent, or you did an article. Is that right? Is that the name of the article? Yes. And I yes, really want yes. to touch on some of the things that you talked about, because I think they're so important to positive mental health. And so I'm going to go yeah, through the 10 points that you brought out. I want you to tell me a little bit about how they played into um, your, your performance. So yeah, the, for the sure. first one you did was gratitude equals happiness. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I just feel like if you wake up in the morning and you decide, you know what, I'm so grateful for where I am, Um, you know, even just waking up in college, like at Texas A&M, I never thought when I was watching SECs and I was watching Shamir Little and, you know, Fred and when I was just watching so many people run, it uh, it honestly shocked me that A&M would call me and they would want me to run at their school and they would think that I was even enough to run at that school. And so I started to realize, you know what, I'm going to wake up every day and even if sometimes it's really hard in college and I'm nervous and I'm anxious and I kind of have a lot of things on my plate, I'm going to choose to be grateful and it's made me so much happier. Like when you wake up every morning and you just choose to be grateful for everything that you have, and not think about the things that you may not have because you honestly probably don't need them. It equals happiness and it honestly equals success in my book. And I think it's important you said choose because at the end of the day, it's a choice. And so I love that. I think that's beautiful. That is just so important. And gratitude is a form of, you know, a skill that we would use to improve our mental health. And and that's what we talk about, you know, when I'm working with patients in my office. So that's so important. And the next one you did was you are not your sport. No, you are not. So (laughs) that was, that was very important to me because it is, you know, as athletes, it's just so easy to have your identity tied to your sport because if you run badly, you feel like you're a bad person or you're not enough and you're not worthy. And honestly, to me, even worse, when you run good, you think that you're the most important person. You may feel more entitled. You may think you deserve more. And it really just, it doesn't work like that. You know, you are not your sport. Um, And I've done hard work to try to make sure that my identity is not tied into sports. You know, it's really important to me to be involved in my faith. I was born and raised Catholic and I still am Catholic. And I love the church. Like I, I love being a part of the Catholic church. Um, you know, I'm a really good friend to people. I want to be surrounded by my friends. I'm a very good daughter. You know, I want to be with my family. That's really important to me. My work is really important to me. I want to go into public health. So I work with a nonprofit right now that um, gives grants to scientists who are developing products for underdeveloped countries. So wow, that's, that's really amazing. important. That's amazing. 
you know, it's really important to me, you know, something that's fun. So I want to go into real estate and that's kind of a hobby. And so I was getting my real estate license. It's just little things like that that you do to set yourself apart so you can do other things that you are interested in doing. And that has always been super, super important to me because it's honestly granted me a lot of happiness and it's, it's made me separate myself from my sport. And it seems like you would be better at your sport when you're feeling so positive about yourself you in are. all areas. For sure. You are. You are because you're just taking a mental break from your sport. For you to be on 24-7 thinking about track, it's just not going to work. Right. And so it's just helped me a lot to kind of have that break and say, okay, I'm going to focus on my work right now. What do I want to do with my future? And we'll all be honest, we can't play our sport forever. So there has to be a point in time where, you know, I do something else and I involve myself in work that's more long lasting. Like, what am I going to do after I'm done in five years? You know, what is my career going to look like? What do I want to invest my time in? And that kind of starts now. So that's important to me to, you know, kind of get the ball rolling there. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, the next thing you said, success is not a destination. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I, for me... I think that there's not one destination for success. I think I started to realize, okay, like if I do this, I'm going to be really successful. And for me, I realized that that's just not the case. And also your mind changes. I am a completely different person from when I was 21. I used to think that I wanted to go into sport broadcasting because I love communications. I used to think that I wanted to work with the Dallas Cowboys and that was going to be what I wanted to do. And then I realized, you know what? I actually don't even think I really like that. I actually think I want to go into public health because that's actually my passion. Or you know what? I think I want to do public health, but I also think I want to do real estate because that's really important to me. You know, and it's just not one final destination. And I started to realize that. And I realized that also after college because I realized, you know what, Jasmine? If you don't go pro, if, if that's not an opportunity that you get, that does not mean that you are not successful. There are going to be a lot of other opportunities. Your family, your friends, the people that love you, they're going to support for you, ride for you, and help you. And so it's just important to me to get that out to young people so that they know there's not only one destination. You have a choice. So many different opportunities. Yeah, there's more paths on the road. You don't have to take just one road to get there. Exactly, exactly. So the next one you talked about was adversity builds character. Yeah, so I I feel like throughout my time, and you know, I'm going to relate to college a lot because I feel like college, that is honestly where I grew the most. I feel like in college, you start to really learn about yourself and understand yourself. Um, and in college is honestly when I had the most adversity because I, you know, I'm away from home. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of by myself and I get the opportunity to make such great teammates, but you know, we're all different and I'm meeting people from all different walks of life. I'm meeting people that weren't born in the U S I'm meeting people that were born in the U S but they were born in Texas. I lived a completely different life to them because I was born in New York city, you know? And so it just builds a lot of adversity because you start to realize like cultural differences. It was the first time that I had actually been away, you know, from people that were predominantly Catholic. So even just being, um, and going to a church that was, you know, a non-denominational Christian church, that was even different for me because mm-hmm. I, I had never been to that until I went to college. Um, and so having adversity, I think it really helps build you so much. And I really feel like it helps 
um, your character so much because you just start to realize that there's so many different cultures out there. There's so many different people, but they're all so amazing, you know? And so I felt like, I felt like it made me stronger as a person. And even when you're going through rough times, that helps you, you know, become stronger and stronger. There were times where I really doubted myself in running. I didn't feel like I could do it. I had small injuries, had small knacks and you just have to keep pushing, you know, have to keep pushing yourself. And I feel like it's helped me so much and made me a better person. Absolutely. The next, the next points are, they're all around mental health. And so I'm going to kind of read through them and just, you kind of talk about them in general, but perfectionism, perfectionism doesn't exist. Mental health affects physical health. No man or woman is an Island. It's okay to be scared and therapy saves lives. Yeah. So I think out of that one, that the therapy saves lives, that's probably the most important thing to me. Um, so like I said before, having a support system, I think that's really important. And it doesn't even have to be a ton of people. Uh-huh. I think it can even just be, you know, a confidant. It could be your mom. It could be your brother. It could be your coach, your mentor, your teacher, whoever you feel like you trust and you want to confide in. That's important because they can help hold you accountable. I think the second thing that I would say is therapy really does save lives. Um, I feel like when I went to therapy, he, Ryan Pitzinger, my sports psychologist in college, I feel like he really taught me how to understand myself and kind of almost guide myself to the answers that I was looking for, you know, and kind of just guiding myself to what is the root of this problem, Jasmine? Like, how did we even get in this situation? Okay, now you're in this situation and you may not like it because you thought this is what you wanted to do, but it's not. So how do we get out of it? What are we going to do? And I feel like he just taught me to really understand myself. Mm -hmm. And the best thing you can do for yourself is understand who you are deeply and have a deep affection and love for yourself. And it takes work. Like it takes a ton of work. There are times where I used to have to see my therapist twice a week. You know, I couldn't just see him once a week because I needed more help than that. So I, I really think it's hard. And number three, I think, I think the best thing to do also is to journal for me personally, that helped me a lot was to journal, to write everything down, um, to really get it out, to just put anything down that I'm thinking, even a gratitude list. That's what I do in the morning time. I write a gratitude list. Like I said before, gratitude helps you a lot with success. And so I write down everything I'm grateful for. I write down everything that's kind of on my mind, what's weighing me down. And then the fourth thing I do is pray. I think prayer is super important for me. I think it's almost, a ty- it can be a type of meditation for you even. Um, if you're not someone that's religious, it, you can make it spiritual and you can kind of meditate and just focus on your own thoughts, you know, discover kind of in yourself what you want. Um, and I think those are kind of the four big guiding principles on mental health. Um, and that is what has helped my anxiety kind of calm down a lot. And kind of has taken the perfection away um, and said to myself, you know what, Jasmine, it's okay if you just don't do anything today and you kind of just lay around. Like, it's going to be okay. There's going to be another opportunity tomorrow. You just have to relax. Everybody needs a break. That sort of thing. 
Um, and I and love so, yeah. that because part of oh, being an athlete yeah. is that the physical health. I mean, you're constantly focused on your physical health, but yeah. also yeah. your mental health affects your physical mm-hmm. health. So if you're so yeah. focused on physical health and not paying attention to your mental health, you're not going to be complete. Yeah. I tell people all the time, self-care is really important. And sometimes even my version of self-care is, okay, I'm going to work on what I, my work, you know, I'm going to work with my nonprofit because that's really important to me. I want to help save lives in in other countries. And so if I can do that, that is self-care to me. Sometimes it's just, you know, shutting off my phone and I'm just not going to answer anybody. I'm going to delete Instagram because I just, I can't be on it right now. Sometimes it's just not taking my phone and going for a walk outside you wouldn't believe how freeing that feels just to not have your phone, not have anyone bother you. You're just by yourself and you just go for a walk. You know, just little things you can do that can help yourself. It it goes a long, long way. I love that. We also know that 35% of professional athletes, um, you know, are struggling with an eating disorder of some sort. So I know that you have probably seen this, you know, in your journey as a competitive athlete as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's so... It, it's so easy to for it to happen because some when you're an athlete you want to be the best and you don't mean to you know just stop, stop eating but in a way sometimes you look at food and you're like okay like I have to portion this out or it has to be this exact measurement or okay like I'm just going to take out this or all right I'm just going to take out this and this and sometimes after a couple of months it starts to add up and then you've kind of formed an eating disorder. But I think for me, that's always helped me is I have to look at food as fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to look at it as, you know what, this is really fueling my body. I got to eat this. Like I have to eat this. And honestly, your appetite starts to get bigger and bigger. And so that's, I feel like would help me a lot. Um, and especially drinking a lot of water. Um, that's helped me a lot. I feel like that's almost sometimes made me more hungry, which I know sounds weird, but I'm constantly drinking water and it keeps me a lot more energized. Um, so yeah, I, and I do, I do feel like it's really hard and I wish that coaches were honestly a little bit more educated on Mm -hmm. how to speak to their athletes about eating disorders, you know? I definitely think that's important. It's a, it's a very gentle topic to talk to about someone who is especially may not even realize that they have an eating disorder or they're not ready to come out and tell you that they have one. They're not ready to admit it to themselves. So it's a very gentle topic to talk about, you know, and so I do think that coaches need to be educated or at least just try to take a course. On that, and I like, how do I? I like how you say that because they're really, literally, the first responders to that. They see yeah. it every day. They see it more than anybody else does, and I for think sure. that is a huge teaching moment yeah. for these coaches is yeah. to allow these athletes to be more vulnerable and and also too when they see it, say something to them. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. just even the teammates, teammates being able to see that too, and letting someone know who can get that person help yes. before it gets out of exactly. control. Exactly. And even just telling them, hey, like, you don't have to do this to be good. Like, you don't have to not eat or to be good. Like, this actually eating is going to help you and it's going to fuel you more. But sometimes as a teammate, I would understand if maybe you didn't go to them. Because sometimes I think teammates, they, they don't know what to say either. So I even think maybe athletes should get 
you know, coached on, hey, if you know someone that has an eating disorder, this is kind of how you would approach it, you know, kind of pulling aside or saying something. Because I really do, I think, I'm a very empathetic person. And so it's always, it's, it's always, you know, kind of difficult for me sometimes in those situations because I don't want to upset anyone and I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. I, I don't want to disturb you in any way or kind of be in your personal business. But I think even if that happens, it's better for you to say something than it is not for you to say something because at least now they know that, you know, and who knows, they can come back and they can be upset, but they can come back to you later on and say, Hey, I know I was upset before, but I do have this problem and I don't really know what to do. Yes. And then you can go there, you know, but I've opened that door. Yeah. yeah. You can just tell them, Hey, I'm here for you. I, I really do. I think that's very, very important. I'm glad you brought that up. And Jasmine, I wanted to kind of go into, cause I know women's sports have been in the forefront lately. I mean, there's a lot of uh, different controversies or things going on with women's sports and how do we encourage yeah. women to really stay motivated and stay dedicated to what they're doing and to keep cheering for each other, encouraging each other and, and really focusing on continuing to build what many women have been building for many years in this area. Yeah, I I think it's most important for us all to kind of come together and just support each other. You know, I think and I think now more than ever, it's actually the best that it's been, but we could do better. Um, just even watching women's sports and supporting women's sports and just putting more money into women's sports if we can. Um, and just kind of rallying together um, anytime that any of my friends has anything going on. Uh, my, my women friends in sports has anything going on like a podcast or a game or anything I am willing to you know put it on my Instagram tell people about it um, have people sign up for whatever they may be teaching because I just want to make sure I'm that person that's rallying around them and um, that's helping them in the best way that I can and lifting them up in the best way that they can I, I even have like a book club that I started and with that book club you know, we kind of get together and we talk about the book. But I also think it's more about like women just reading together and just Mm. becoming more educated. You know, we do read fun books, but there's sometimes where we're like, okay, girls, like, let's try to read something more business oriented. Like, how do I start an LLC? How do I become more educated in this? Hey, how did you get your real estate license? All right, you know what, let's just all try to get our real estate license at the same time. Now we can hold each other accountable. Mm -hmm. We can take the test at the same time. That will work a lot. Um, a lot of my, you know, girlfriends in high school, we all took driver's ed even together. All right. How are we going to take driver's ed together? What are we going <laughs> to do? We're going to drive together. And like, it's going to help us be better at driving. And honestly, and I feel like that's what you have to do to kind of lift each other up. Any, I have a couple of friends that even started their own clothing lines and business lines. They said, Hey, like I can send you a PR package. And I actually would tell them sometimes, no, I don't want you to send me a PR package because I don't want it for free. I want to pay for it, you know, because I want to help you. Like I want to build you up and I want to pay full price for it. And then I want to go and show people, hey, this wasn't an ad. I actually think and believe in this person. It's a very, very good brand. It's a very good line. I paid for it with my own money. And I feel like that goes to the public and goes a long way even more because it just shows authenticity. Um, and yeah, and that's, that's been, that's what's been really, really important to me. And just having that really strong support system of women friends that are all like-minded like you, that all kind of want the same things. They, they want a good career. 
um, and they want to just do that the best they can for themselves first and foremost. Um, and that's also just been super, super important to me. Um, and I think it's more important to me because I actually grew up with a single parent. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't know my father. And so my mom raised me um, by herself with along with my grandmother and my grandfather. Um, and then I have my aunt and my uncle, who is my mom's brother and sister. Um, but yeah, but my mom was a single parent. And, you know, just seeing her has really showed me it is possible to do all the things that you want to do um, by yourself and with a child. And she's really pushed herself. And, you know, she's a professor now, uh, a business professor now. And so she even helped me teach a lot of my friends things. They're like, hey, how do I invest even? Like, what is what goes into investing? Like, how do people do that? Or where do you start? And I call up my mom and I say, hey, can you teach Sarah, like, how to invest? I really want her to learn. I really want her to understand. That and is- it just takes stuff like that, networking and building up your friends. It's important. Yeah, and I think that's so neat that you come from a long line of really strong, supportive women. And I think that yeah. that's where we have to get. We have to have that strong support for women, both out out in the world and their business and in their education, yeah. but also in sports. And the more we rally yeah. around each other and encourage each other, the stronger we get. Yes, I completely agree. I completely agree. And so as long as you're rallying around your women, I feel like you're you're doing the best you can. You're supporting them. And even women that I don't know sometimes that, you know, are putting out books um, that my friends will come to me and say, I'll still buy them. I may not even know them and I, I may not even be interested in the book, but there's a lot of times that I just buy it because I want to be a supporter of women as much as I can. Well, we at the Mental Perk, we support women and we support women's sports and we want to make sure that we're drawing attention to those areas. Um, I know that, you know, Olympics are coming up in 2024 and there's going to be some women we want to support and encourage. And I think you might be one of those, huh? (laughs) Yes, yes. I I am aspiring for the Olympics. And so that is going to be held in Paris, actually, in 2024. So this coming year. Um, And so, yeah, we're about to get started with training. We're probably going to start next month in September. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. I actually run for Jamaica. I don't run for the United States. Um, my whole family, my mom's side of the family, she's Jamaican. Um, and so I've always had dual citizenship. So I have citizenship in Jamaica and the United States. Well, you're going to be cheering you on no matter what team you are on. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 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 And I'm really, really excited. Um, there's, there's a lot of really good competitors. And so it's going to be tough because the 800 meters, that's the race that I run. Um, is a very difficult race. Yes. Um, there's always someone new. There's always someone great that's popping up and just running amazingly. And so there's a lot of fierce com- competitors. But, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can. And I've decided to take this step forward and say, you know what, I'm going to put my best foot forward and I'm going to do whatever I can. And if I don't make it, I will be okay with that because I tried my hardest. You know, and I think that that's all we can do. And it sounds like you're really promoting being in line with both your physical health and your mental health, which is going to put you in a whole different place. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like it's already put me in a whole different place. Even throughout this last year, I feel like I was in a much better place mentally because I could say to myself, you know what, Jasmine, you're doing your best. And if this is all that you have today, that is okay. Just giving yourself a lot more grace, it's just awarded me in so many different ways and made me feel so much more secure about myself, to be honest. Um, And so, yeah, being in a a, a better mental state, I definitely think will help me moving forward. 
Um, but I'm really excited. I'm excited to get training and start competing. And, you know, I'm going to do my best. Hopefully I make it. And actually, world championships are actually going to start um, in a week. Oh, wow. We're so excited. We'll be t- tuning into that and making sure that we can throw our support towards you yeah. and other women out there running and doing their best. Jasmine, yeah, for- you have been just an amazing guest for us. We have learned so much from your journey. Um, we love your strength. We love your positivity. We love that you're out there mentoring other uh, women, both in sports, but also in life. And that is just such um, an amazing trait that you have. Uh, you just have such a bubbly and strong personality, and we are just so grateful that you spent time with us here today. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me and talking about these topics, because I do think it's really important to get the message of mental health out there and also the support of women's sports. Um, so thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, Jasmine, you will be asked back because we would love to hear things after you do these Olympic trials. And we're so excited to to get an update from you. So thank you again and good luck to everything. If you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health issues, please reach out to talk to someone you trust. Get connected to a mental health professional who can help you find ways to cope and ultimately feel better. If you are having suicidal or self-harm thoughts or thoughts of hurting another person, please go to the nearest ER, call 911, or contact the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you for tuning in to Mental Perk. We hope our talk today highlighted real people working through real issues based on mental health. Our goal at Mental Perk is to make sure every one of you knows you're worthy. We're in this together.